Oh, okay. I didn't uh, didn't realize that we actually still had uh, an episode in the in the whole in the chamber. In the in chamber. chamber. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Still have an episode in the chamber. <laughs> this March, there's an episode in the chamber. Oh yes. Get ready. It's time to get things started with How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement. Presented by Tribe74.com. talk to you again it's been uh been a heck of a, a while since we've actually sat down and talked yeah uh, i know we've been uh, we've got uh well heck we've got we've had quite a number of episodes just uh just in the chamber so in the we chamber. haven't had to, we haven't had to record in a while <laughs> i know it's crazy uh, so good to see you good to see you too you're looking uh you're looking suave well i try <laughs> i i got i got some bad news today and uh, this this will probably be uh uh, disappointing to, uh, for you as a fan of stand-up comedy what's did you hear today and norm mcdonald passed away you know what i just found out a minute before we started the show that he had that he had passed uh, i understand he was battling cancer and unfortunately cancer had won and it was uh he, he had pretty much kept it primarily to himself and uh, no, that's uh, that's tragic news. I, I had thought that he had some other issues like uh, with addiction and stuff like that. But I guess he had a gambling addiction, not uh, not like drugs or anything like that. I don't know why I thought that he was. I mean, it kind of comes with the territory with a lot of comedians. Yeah, I haven't even looked at the story yet. But my wife had just texted me knowing that I'd be very interested in, the, in that. When, when a man is too crazy for SNL. That's that's somebody I'm interested in. I wasn't a big fan of him on SNL, like, but what I liked about him was that he, you know, there was no line that he didn't cross. Oh, you know, exactly. He loved to cross the line. Oh, he did. There were sometimes I'm just like, wow, that would so not fly on modern television. Yet there he was. And then he was doing it right on, you know, David Letterman or Conan O'Brien. He was just oh. dropping these <laughs> these tidbits that you're just like, wow. I Even, can't believe you just said that on live television. Yeah. The, the studio, they draw a line. He would then draw a line a little further out and then he'd cross his own line. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, hold my beer. Exactly. I'll show me. That's right. I'll show me. <laughs> so for those, for those people who don't know, uh, uh, Norm McDonald was a Canadian comedian who had appearances on SNL. He was a, a cast member for five years, including the Weekend Update uh, segment. He wrote for Roseanne. He wrote for Drew Carey and News Radio. Well, and he also showed on showed up on Drew Carey and News Radio. That should really tell you something. I mean, if he wrote for Roseanne, which was cutting edge, if he was doing Drew Carey and News Radio, which was also cutting edge. No, exactly, exactly. Well, that's sad. Sad to hear for sure. Let's let's move on. Yeah, to, to better things. What is on? The show tonight tonight we are going to be talking about the 
critically acclaimed movie, The Deer Hunter. Also, All Things Andrew. And 90s Trivia. I like that. You know what's weird? That sounded perfectly delivered as in, you know, Alex Trebek on Jeopardy. And you are, <laughs> you are nailing this. I'm upping my game. Alex is going to be calling me any day now. Yeah. I almost wanted to say, I'll check everything, Andrew, for a hundred dollars, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's start off with the Deer Hunter because uh, we we watched that movie. We want to try to start doing this regularly on our shows. You know, watch some critically acclaimed movies, some Oscar winners, some of the top one hundred AFI movies or whatever top one hundred we can find. And yeah, kind of how this came up was last episode we were talking about kind of top what we thought our top 10 movies were i put the deer hunter on my list you had never seen it i said let's put it on the show so here we are perfect opportunity for me to watch it and you to revisit it exactly now i hope we don't spoil anything it, it is a movie from the 1970s so yeah you know I mean, you should have you should have had your opportunity to see it by now if you haven't seen it by 1978 or, or <laughs> since 1978 well i think the spoiler uh, protocol is long past. The cat is out of the bag. Cat is out of the bag. So let's talk quickly. Just uh, so it's a 1978. And I'm just going to quote directly from Wikipedia. It's just easier. This yeah. way. 1978 American epic war drama co-written and directed by Michael Cimino about a trio of Russian American steelworkers whose lives are changed forever after fighting in the Vietnam War. So I'm just going to name off a list of some of the big names starring in this. Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, John Savage, Meryl Streep. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a crazy cast. Back then, Robert De Niro, he was, he was the big guy that they pulled in to, you know, to have some star power. That was actually his first film that he got paid a million dollars to do. Uh, like, I'll tell you, though, he was, he was spot on in that movie. Oh yeah. And Meryl Streep, like I at first it took me a couple minutes to realize that that's Meryl Streep. And like she was beautiful, gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And I had no idea. Like I, I I'm used to her obviously in, in modern films and stuff like that. But boy, she was a very striking woman back then. She was a looker. Let, let's start off. What what did you what did you think of the movie, Andrew? Clearly, I put it on my top 10 list. It's funny though, it like it had been so long since I had seen the movie. I had forgotten a lot of it. The first hour, which was the wedding scene, essentially, um, that went on a little bit long. Today that that would have been cut down to probably 10 minutes, but the directors in the 70s, they really liked to tell a full story. Well, what it, it is, it, what it did was it was develop those characters, right? You really got a sense of their friendship. Uh, you got a sense of, of life in a small steelworking town. Yeah. You know, prior to or during the years of the Vietnam War. I think it really helped, although it's definitely very aged and very dated, you know, to a modern film, right? Like I sat there and I was like, wow, this is kind of dry. But I understood what they were doing. I was actually expecting, I was actually expecting from this film a lot more Vietnam War. Like there was yeah. very little Vietnam War actually involved. It was more the the feeling around the, the Vietnam War and how it affected everyone that was involved, whether it was those going over to fight, 
those who are watching their their friends being flown over to Vietnam, their loved ones back home that and how it drastically affected them as well too. I think the overall tone was about the post-traumatic stress yeah. that took place, you know, from, you know, the war and uh, it paints a very grisly picture. And I mean, this is also why like the, just the way it panned out is really why it was nominated for nine Oscars and won five what, of them. Yeah. It won best picture, best director, best supporting actor for Christopher Walken, best sound, best film editing, uh, Meryl Streep's first nomination for best supporting actress like absolutely fantastic and it's what is it uh, number 57 or yeah. something like that or 53rd greatest american film of all time uh the library of congress uh it was selected for preservation in the national film registry in 1996 as being culturally historically or aesthetically significant and definitely culturally significant i think this film definitely was i think the the cinematography was fantastic Brilliant, like I love the, the scenes, you know, specifically, I, I love just those little bar moments, whether it was them celebrating at, at their local pub, uh, mourning the death of a, of a loved one. And just all of that little, those intricate noises that, that you would hear the, how the characters moved about in that, uh, in those locations as, as well, too. I thought that was fantastic. It, it seemed so real, real life to me. And you could, you know, so at, sometimes you could feel the pain in the characters as they just the way that they kind of fumbled, fumbled around with their coffee and stuff like that. Or when they're, you know, over in Vietnam, uh, floating in the boats amongst buildings that are on fire and, it puts you into the scene. It didn't matter what that scene was. Every shot just seemed to be precise and it, it captured the intensity of the intense moments. Like the, the scenes where they were uh, captured by the, uh, uh, the North Vietnamese army, they were forced to play Russian roulette uh, against their own comrades. Uh, it was like just so intense, uh, those scenes. And just like they, they, they had the camera in there so tight on all of these characters and it was just like it, it made you feel like you were there the anticipation as the each soldier put the gun to his head uh just waiting like you're just uh, is it gonna happen is it gonna happen now is this the one is this he's is he gonna die there was just such an intensity and then even afterwards when, when de niro is is back home everything that he does is so precise and and, and deliberate and it really it really makes you feel it, it was it almost wasn't even like they're acting it was like this was real life i guess there was a lot of parts to the movie that uh the director and de niro was a big part of it as well too trying to create uh, the actual feeling of what it was like in that moment like we talked about that they're actually locked up in in the bamboo prison and you know when uh, people were dropped into the the water as as a punishment, not for like for not keeping their gun to the their head. Those were real rats that were in that river. The rats wow. and the mosquitoes. That's what was there. Is well too when uh, after they come back, uh, Mike. He's you know he's trying to understand what you know you know how he can actually fit in 
to this this old society because his buddies they they just don't understand so when they go off hunting stan stanley who's played by john cazell uh he's got his handgun out and he's messing around with one of the other buddies mike walks through the door and sees it and takes away from him puts the gun to his head and actually fires the gun well there was a live uh, a live round in the chamber when he was filming that now you know, it wasn't it was never set to be the the next bullet but it was still in there just you know just to add that intensity and like john Cazell before like every retake on it, he'd be checking to make sure that it wasn't the next one but it it added to the intensity and is crazy that is definitely crazy wow uh yeah the 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 whole and it was almost like the movie was just surrounding the whole russian roulette and it's funny because it was a huge controversy at the time when the movie came mm -hmm. out but the thing is is that it was needed because it really showed you some of the horrors obviously the war is a horror in itself so when you're as a soldier the the, the kind of things that you see but then for p, p pow's you know being forced to play these games for the North Vietnamese army, you know, the, the, the North Vietnamese army are just sitting there laughing and betting money on who's going to die. Like, it's just, that has got to have played, you know, a major role in the PTSD yeah. for, for like, you know, soldiers who came back. And for most of our generation, we don't understand that. No, you know, there's, there's a lot of soldiers that are still going overseas and, and fighting. It's not to the same, same level of duty. That's for sure. And, anymore. And it's just not something that, that we as normal Canadians understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that this movie only gives you a little bit of insight as to what it could have been like. Christopher Walken obviously it affected him so much differently his character when he decides that he just he's just absolutely suicidal yeah the the guy goes AWOL apparently uh when De Niro or Mike goes back to look for him uh and to find him in Vietnam when he's been actually competing regularly in the Russian roulette games apparently he was actually the character was supposed to be addicted, I think, to heroin. I never, I never picked up that he was on drugs. I just thought it was just PTSD that had him all wound up. Wound up, but yeah, no, it was. Um, he was now addicted to heroin. That would have been Nick. Nick was addicted to heroin. I think one of the things that that kind of uh, came out of it as well um, is that it gave a really good betrayal of the family. And the friends, like when they came back, obviously, obviously only when Robert De Niro came back, you know, you see uh, the Meryl Streep's character and you see the friend who couldn't go because of his knees, you know, they, they tried to, they tried to normalize all of it and they tried to make it a, a, an enjoyable time for when they came back. But obviously the, the main characters, the antagonists didn't, you know, obviously suffering from PTSD, they just weren't ready to normalize again including Steve that had his legs taken off. Yeah. So he was, he was bound to the wheelchair. Like even he was embarrassed and humiliated of himself that he didn't want to see his friends. He didn't want his friend to come 
see him. He didn't want. No, he just wanted to stay in the, the hospital. He wanted Mike to just leave him alone. And even his wife, she didn't want to tell uh, Mike anything about it or what was going on. She herself was an extreme case of PTSD as well, too, just because of how it affected her. Yeah, absolutely. Like she didn't want him to go. Like, I mean, they they're they got married and then he leaves, like basically the next day. Like, how crazy was that? One thing that I found funny, well, maybe not haha, but it, it's such a undertone to the movie, and it's only mentioned quickly in passing. Well, yes, we know that she is pregnant when uh when her and Steve are, are to be married, but he Steve quickly mentions, yeah, it's not my kid. Honestly, that that is essentially the only comment that's made through the entire movie that that isn't actually his child. I miss that. Yeah, see? And it just leaves you kind of like, what? No way. So Nick Nick was dating Linda, uh, who is Meryl Streep, and Nick was Christopher Walken. Uh, but Mike obviously had an eye for Linda. Yeah, you felt that, felt that romantic tension during the wedding scene uh, as they cozied up to the bar. Nick doesn't come back. Christopher Walken's character doesn't come back. Then Linda and Mike hook up. Yeah. Then it kind of just, just spirals from there. Then Nick goes back. Sorry, Mike goes back to find, to retrieve Nick. Yeah, then just chaos ensues, really. Great performances all around. Yeah. All around. Oh, the other thing that I want to mention, just with regards to the, the intensity, you know, when they were being saved by the helicopter and it's Mike and Mike and Steve that are actually hanging off the bottom of the helicopter and Steve drops off because he, he doesn't have the strength to actually hold on. And Mike played by De Niro then drops off after him. That's actually them doing it. And they did that fall. It was a 30 foot fall again and again and again to film the that to get the sequence. best shot yeah yeah wow yeah that's crazy i did not know that wow yeah de niro was pretty intense you really analyze this like there was a lot of uh, stuff that i didn't pick up on well there was a lot of stuff well one i'd seen the movie before even mm -hmm. though i've forgotten a lot of it but i want to understand it a lot a lot more than i originally did because right. gosh it's been 25 years since i've probably seen the film if not more so I really wanted to kind of get into it. And I watched the movie in segments as well, too. So I was able to kind of focus on each individual piece. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what, what helped me out there a, a little bit. But it's just, just a crazy, crazy movie. For, for our listeners, if you haven't seen The Deer Hunter, be prepared that it is an aged movie. I mean, again, 1978. Yeah. And it's got that vibe, right? I mean, you think of like movies like um, Deliverance and Slapshot. And you look at those movies and kind of how there's so much character building at the first that it does seem a little slow. And a little clunky, but you need to kind of just take your mind, dissociate with everything else and just kind of fall into the roles as, as they're presented to you. And you, you'll get a better feel for the, the film. Uh, yeah, just like, get past the wedding, but pay attention to yeah. everything in the wedding scene, because yeah. it, what you see there builds up to more and more throughout the movie that that is brought out as it uh, as it goes along. Uh, my only disappointment with the movie was that there wasn't more more Vietnam 
I was I was expecting a, a full on war movie because it was always presented. Well, I mean, even in the the Wikipedia uh, entry, it says epic war drama, and I'm like, well, the war. While the war is the backdrop for probably the, the second and third act because of you know the trauma it caused these characters, uh, it still wasn't really a it wasn't a war film by any means. No, it it was a film about. Uh, about the characters and how the how the war affected them yeah 100 just against the backdrop of the vietnam war you're not following a platoon and with this tight-knit group of you know 20 guys that you're following all together it it's these three rough and tumble steel workers so it's definitely it's definitely no saving private ryan no still, it's still a really good movie yeah, really no, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad. I'm glad that we went back and and watched it and to review it. And I'm actually looking forward to going back and doing this with more movies as well, too. Absolutely, we'll definitely have to put something on the uh, list uh, of movies that we need to see. No, for sure, love it. Are you ready for some '90s trivia? Oh yeah, 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 yeah excellent excellent let me pull up my questions here yeah now i i wrote down a few extra ones just to have in my back pocket <laughs> just in case we we overlapped as we were pulling questions all right we so never... i i've got i've got a little bit of extra to play with just in case because the 90s are such crappy years uh <laughs> yeah it really it really was i was going through question after question i'm kind of like like I, I don't even know what half of this music stuff was, and like I was in my twenties at that point. I, I definitely had to stretch, and I mean, I came across some lists that gave suggestions for trivia, and I'm like, wow, that's all e uh, not easy stuff, but that's all stuff that I could imagine that you would be picking as well. So, and that's why I put a few extra questions <laughs> in my back pocket. I think people really enjoy this trivia, so let's do this trivia. Yeah, let's hit it. Before, before we get into learning about Andrew, you're going to learn a little bit about how smart Andrew is and how much he remembers the oh 90s. Lord, this might not go well. <laughs> so why don't you slap on the first question and we'll okay. go, back and forth, go back and forth from there. Okay. Well, let's start out with my first one. 1991, yet another word phrase that owes its existence to Wayne's world is one that indicates Wayne and Garth are interested in a girl. It is used several times in the 91 dream sequence skit in which Wayne makes out with Madonna. Which is it? Is it? You, you, don't, you don't Hold up. Hold up. Okay. No, you know what? I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you give me the options, but I already know it. Give me the options because I want, I want people to, uh, to hear the options. Is it Babylicious? Is it Schwing? Is it Party on Garth? Or is it Viagra? <laughs> I like that one. All right. Well, it's clearly, obviously, Schwing. <laughs> would you like a little uh, uh gray, you are gray correct, poupon? Sir. would you like a little gray <laughs> poupon with your swing you are correct my friend <laughs> all right i gotta start you off with an easy one. Oh, i hope so well i don't know we'll see we'll see well, all right so whitney houston had a massive hit in 1992 with oh, a no. cover of whose hit song i will always love you all right was it a dolly parton b sinead o'connor c madonna or D, Joanne Jett. Dolly Parton? That is correct, sir. Oh, man. Like, honestly, that that was 
a bit of a guess. Really? Really? Yeah. I, I didn't know the answer. And I, I kind of was kind of going through and kind of knocking off names. Kind of, no, I don't think it will be Joan Jett. And kind of working my way back in my head. So it was a bit of a guess. But I pulled that out for the win. Probably with the exception of Sinead O'Connor, Dolly Parton, Madonna, Georgia, and even Whitney Houston herself, were all queens of their respective musical genres, I would think. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, uh, I mean, she was kind of a one-hit wonder, unfortunately, and she kind of screwed herself on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it was a bit of an interesting show, wasn't it? For yes. those that remember. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up. You'll figure it out, people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, hit me with my second question here. Okay. Now, I think this one is easy. But uh, you, never it's, uh, you never know. So 1995, The Simpsons won the prestigious Peabody Award for the 95-96 season. A few, few years later, the New Oxford Dictionary of English added a word slash phrase coined by Homer, which is defined as used to comment on an action perceived as foolish or stupid. What <laughs> is that word phrase? Already got it. Your you options are, I caramba. Don't eat my shorts. Cheese eating surrender monkeys. Oh, no. Oh! <laughs> That's another one. That's oh. yeah, another one. All right. Well All done, right. you, sir. You, you cannot trick me with original Simpsons trivia. Modern <laughs> stuff, I haven't watched it in a few years, but you know, not the original stuff. Yeah. I would imagine, I would imagine I Caramba is probably somewhere in the dictionary as well because of, but that that belongs to Bart Simpson. Yeah, the, as well as eat my shorts. The cheese eating surrender monkeys. That's from groundskeeper Willie. Ah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. I love groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's well. He was always afraid. Wasn't he afraid of the monkeys? Is that what it was? I don't. Yeah, remember. I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let, let's stick uh, let's stick to the cartoon theme. Okay. So your question is: Which '90s cartoon dynamic duo is slated for a big screen revival in 2021? Your options are Brennan Stimpy, Itchy and Scratchy, Beavis and Butthead, or SpongeBob and Patrick. I'm gonna say I don't know the answer, but I've I've been seeing some imagery around the last month or so, and I'm gonna say it's Beavis and Butthead. Ding ding ding! Very good, very Ooh. good. They uh they've had a couple reboots or revivals and uh, they they've been recently announced or they were announced at the beginning of this year 2021 uh, that they were going to be having a revival film so I guess a sequel to possibly their original film I don't remember it was a Beavis and Butthead what was the original film or it was just a Beavis and Butthead even, I just watched the TV show I didn't even realize it was a movie that's I, I believe it's called a a Beavis and Butthead movie so. I, I may be wrong, but that would make sense. That All would right. make sense. Okay. What, uh, what do I got? Oh, I think this one's good. We're, we're going to move over into a, the music genre. All right. It goes from music and TV, oddly enough. Ooh. Ooh. So which band performed the Friends theme, I'll Be There For You? Was it the Foo Fighters, Nirvana, Counting Crows, or the Rembrandts? I know this one. It's so easy. It was the Rembrandts. <laughs> Rembrandt. <laughs> That's right. I I tricked you. I was trying to trick you. No, it was totally the Rembrandts. You didn't even have to read the answers. I knew it was. They're another one hit wonder. I mean, I about, probably about eighty five percent of all bands that performed in the nineties were one hit wonders. 
Don't quote me on that, but I almost guarantee it. <laughs> well, it was it was either they were a one hit wonder or they became a one hit wonder because one of the members died. So I mean, oh, did they? I did not. Okay, there's no. I'm, I'm not saying not. This, oh. for. I'm not saying the Rembrandts. I'm just oh, saying right. that bands of the '90s. Fair enough. Yes, didn't uh, didn't last long, unfortunately. There was a lot of overdoses in the '90s. That's uh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right. Okay, so this one's going to be tricky for you. Uh, trickier than the other ones, but you, you've you come through successful so far. All right. So we're going back to early 90s. Okay. Which 90s video game is often hailed as the original gangster first-person shooter, the OG first-person shooter? Was it Diablo, Super Mario World, Fortnite, or Wolfenstein 3D? Hmm. Wow. I, uh, let me have, the, let me have those again. Okay. You know what? It's Diablo. So the, the, the true video game nerds are sitting there looking at you and just shaking their heads. I would have said it was doom. I honestly nope. assumed that I was doom, going to hear doom. Doom was credited as being the, the one that shifted the culture to first person shooters. Okay. Uh, Wol Wolfenstein was in fact the very first well, or considered the very first first-person oh, shooter. Oh, my gamer friends, I am so sorry. Uh, uh, I, I tried to make it easy, but I, I know that you, you're you not as deep into the video games as I am. And yeah, yeah Diablo is, is an overhead uh, actioner. Super Mario World is a side-scroller, and Fortnite didn't even exist back then. No, no. And, I, I knew that. Right. <laughs> I, I at least knew that, so... So for the, those of who those are people who don't know, first-person shooter is when you're playing the game through the eyes of your character. So basically, back in the day, all you could see were their hands holding a gun or whatever weapon of choice that you had, and you're moving and attacking your enemies from the first-person perspective. There we go. Okay. In case you didn't know, slap me with the next question. How many? So we've done three each now, have we? Three each so far, yeah. Okay. Now this one. This one was a little, maybe a little bit tough for me, and I'm not sure how well versed you are in the genre, but we're going to stick with music. Okay. Jonathan okay. Knight, Danny Wood, Donny Wahlberg, <laughs> Jordan Knight, right. and Joey McIntyre are members of which group? Are they members <laughs> of Boys to Men, New Kids on the Block, NSYNC, I think people pronounce that in sync, or Bros? Whoa, hanging tough with the new kids on the block. <laughs> oh, you had man. you had me at Jordan. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't have actually used that uh, question just so then I could have avoided you singing. <laughs> what are you talking about? I I nailed it. I nailed it. You did. Come, you come on, everybody. Really? If you want to take a chance. I, I don't I don't think uh, Donnie Wahlberg wants to to do the band anymore. So maybe they'll slide you in. Maybe maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'd I'd much rather go and eat some of the burgers that, at Wahlburgers. So. Yeah, I know exactly. All right. All right. Okay, well, hit me with the next question. You are in trouble on question five. Just let yeah. me say. Anyway, we're on to question four on your side. What car did football legend O.J. Juice Simpson make famous? Was it the Dodge Viper, the Nissan Juke, the Ford Bronco, or the Mercedes-Benz Sprint? Uh, Ford Bronco. 
Very nice. Very Ford nice. Bronco. Not only did he make the Ford Bronco famous, but he made CNN famous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody As cared about CNN. Watched the chase scene that yeah. went on forever down the highway. Now, let me ask you this. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah. I did I too. Saw- <laughs> I didn't watch the whole thing. No, no, but, no it was but, way too long. But I, I, I watched some of it. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that CNN was a laughing stock back then. CNN was a laughing stock during the trial. But during the OJ Simpson chase and the trial, people tuned in like crazy. But it was, it was like literally, it was like the Jerry Springer of, of news shows and yet nowadays people consider it a, a legitimate source of news and yeah. i'm just like do you know where they started <laughs> gotta start somewhere i guess so with the anyway. big oj chase no There's i i love my my classic four by four so that one was an easy uh, one it was me. an easy one i threw in the nissan juke in the sprint just yeah. to kind of give you a little bit of you know a football reference there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, let's give it give me my last one here. And we'll, you know, if we have we have time, like we can throw in one or two extras. I got I got a spare one for you. I'm gonna hit you with with my last movie reference. All right. So I'm gonna watch want a lot you of movies. To tell me who said this line. Ooh. Who said you can't handle the truth? <laughs> Was it Batman played by Val Kilmore? In Batman Forever, was it Brigadier General Frank Hummel, played by Ed Harris in The Rock? Was it Colonel Nathan R. Jessup, played by Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men? That would be Jack Nicholas. 100%. Jack Nicholson, sorry. Not Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. No, no, not, not the golfer. It was Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Here's Johnny. It was, it was, yes. it was from... Yes, uh, yeah, you are right. Men. What a fantastic, fantastic movie that was. You know that man got paid $5 million for 10 days of work yeah, on well, that I, movie? Yeah. Hey. He, he only appeared in four scenes. You know what? He he earned it after after the Joker performance in Batman. He deserved that kind of money. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. No, it's, that, just un- sorry, it's just unfortunate that that was probably the only other movie that he made that was worth watching after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll slip him in as a Joker in the uh, the new Batman reboot. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew, you need to get your your dancing shoes on. Yeah, I mean, I there haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't really been doing that well on uh, on this episode of '90s trivia. This is this is the last chance. Uh, you need to get those platform shoes on that mini skirt. Oh man, I I need you. I'm I'm throwing you a real hook here. I need you to name the Spice Girls. <laughs> name the Spice, name the Spice Girls. Girls. You can you can go you can go with their, okay. their, uh, First their, off, their nicknames or their their real yeah, names. I couldn't I couldn't do I won't be able to do all of them. I okay. in either a combination of. I know that there was a sporty spice. Yep. I know there was a scary spice. Yep. Old spice. And preppy spice? I I don't know. Oh, I, I will give you I will give you preppy spice if you, if you can try to get these other two. I will give you some hints. That I'll was even you, more. Yeah. How well, many there, are there? There, there? There's five. There's five of them. Yeah. You got sporty and scary, right? Okay. And I'll give you I'll give you preppy spice. She was actually referred to as posh spice. Oh, posh. Okay. Right. And that was that was Victoria Beckham, also David Beckham's wife. Okay. All right. Uh. So then there's two more. 
Okay. Mm. One one was named for her blonde hair and her pigtails, her ponytails, side ponytails or whatever, pigtails, uh, and for her young childish looks. Yeah. Oh, um, no. ba- baby spice. Very nice. Very nice. Good, good save. Good save. Is that actually it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So okay. So you got four. Okay. Here's the last one. I'll give you a hint. All right. She has no soul. And she's probably the old one you're thinking of. She has no, no soul. I wasn't. I just said old spice. Yeah. But she has no, she had, her name has no soul. Her name, her name has no soul. I have no idea, Rob. Who is she? Jerry Halliwell, also known as Ginger Spice. <laughs> and that's why she has no soul. That's right. Oh, I should have oh. known that. Oh, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I don't care what anybody says. I was a huge fan of the Spice Girls. Uh, they they were, you know what? They, they, they were great performers. Well, I, I could tell you that I would know some of their songs from the time I didn't follow the Spice Girls. I, I mean, they were great performers. Clearly they were, they were at the top of the charts, but they really weren't my, you know, my bag, but they're certainly, uh, some pretty young ladies. Yes. Yes. And, and they uh, still are quite frankly. Yeah. Just a couple oh, of years older. Absolutely. If if they came back and they, they did a concert, I would probably that would probably be the last kind of big concert I would go to just to check them out. But they can't they can't get uh, they can't get preppy spice. She won't do it. <laughs> she will preppy spice will not do it. No. Why she, won't she uh, do it? What is she doing? She's doing anything. Oh yeah, she she's actually a major, major uh uh fashionista. Oh uh, she's, she's too big of a deal. She is. Plus, I mean, she's got a family and, and her husband is a, a major, major sports star. So she, um, it, for her, it's probably, there's nothing to it for her. Uh, she was never really one of the big performers in the band. No, they don't need her anyway. They, no. they could just replace her. You know what? Let's, let's turn Find Spice another Girls. Voice. Let's turn Spice Girls into a, a whole other subject. Uh, you, do you want to throw in a bonus question here? We got, we got a little bit of time. For yeah, this. for sure. Let me, okay. uh, let me find something for you. Okay. Okay. I got one for you too. So, okay. Which popular comedy series debuted in the 1990s and ran for the longest number of television seasons? Was it The King of Queens, Everybody Loves Raymond, Seinfeld, or Friends? Oh, I I think I know. I think I know because I, I is... didn't get this right. Just so you know, okay. when when I found the question. Okay, so it's definitely not King of Queens. Uh, yeah. So, so there was friends, friends, Seinfeld, and sorry, what was the the other one that I missed? So the King of Queens, everybody loves Raymond, Seinfeld, okay. and Friends. Okay. So I'm going to go with my fit. My personal favorite on that list was Seinfeld. So I'm going with Seinfeld. You were wrong. Which one was it? It was Friends. Really? Okay. I I kind of had a sneaky suspicion that it was Friends, but uh, yeah, uh, Friends became. Uh, no longer a comedy about after about season five it was, was really it? close though it was it ran for 10 seasons and, and seinfeld was uh, eight i think a uh, nine nine, nine okay. seasons and actually king of queens it also ran for nine seasons i was surprised really? i didn't realize that it ran that long wow. and uh everybody loves raymond was also nine seasons wow impressive uh everybody loves raymond uh i wasn't as huge of a fan but i thought it was i thought it was decent and i understand it it, it had some great stuff in it uh and uh sorry a uh, king of queens uh, uh absolutely fantastic show 
Yes, yeah, Seinfeld. That that was my that was my show of that era of choice. Yeah, absolutely agreed. All right, I'm gonna throw this last question at you. There's no okay. there's no, no multiple choice, but you should be able to get it. It should be easy. I hope. If it's not easy, then I might be disappointed in you. And we've already we recently talked about this subject. So, what city was most associated with the grunge movement of the '90s? Seattle. Very good. Excellent. Oh, all right. You've redeemed yourself. Finally, you've finally. redeemed yourself. And we had to go to a bonus question right. just so I could redeem myself. <laughs> after after messing up the Spice Girls, you redeemed oh, yourself. Oh, I'm not sure that uh, I should be ashamed that I messed up the Spice Girls. You know what? Hold on though. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, you only got two out of three out of five wrong. So that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. And. <laughs> And you you did well for for question number three with the video games. You did say Doom, which probably is an acceptable answer, uh, but Wolfenstein was the the OG. I actually didn't realize that it was that old. Wow, I yeah, thought yeah. it. I actually thought it was a more recent release. Like I'm thinking, you know, that I was thinking that it was released in the last 15 years. Well, they so, they did release Wolfenstein uh, a couple other versions over the past few years but the old the og was wolfenstein 3d led to doom led to duke nukem 3d and eventually led to quake and uh so many other amazing amazing first person shooters though that was my that was my genre of choice back in the day were the first person shooters and i have wolfenstein to thank for that (laughs) that one that was what you 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 were there to kill nazis so (laughs) so speaking of nazis what? <laughs> I think that is a completely, completely bad transition. Yeah. To let's talk about everything, Andrew. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are no. You are not a Nazi. You are not a Nazi. <laughs> oh man, that is one of the worst jokes I've ever heard. <laughs> it's such poor taste oh i've got many more so i mean i'll be honest i didn't research this next subject i'm uh, just hoping that i know everything about it all right all right um, andrew being me andrew yeah i heard that you wrote some books oh i've written a couple but yeah no excellent so I guess maybe we're tipping our hat to both myself and to you, Rob. Rob, you're the illustrator. And so we've actually done three children's books together. The first one that I did was There's a Boy on Top of My Bed, followed up by Stanley the Leaf Pile. And my third book so far is The Golden Circle Commando Fairies and the Battle for Dreams. The reason I, the reason I brought this topic up too is because just recently... Uh... I mean, the books have been around for a little while and we have, we have a couple in the chamber. We have a couple comic books as well as another kid's book in the chamber. I think we started this show off talking about the, in the chamber. However, yeah. we recently kind of were re- reinvigorated a little bit by being invited to a, a book signing. So I thought I'd bring that up and just say, yeah, uh, Andrew, Andrew is a children's writer. And I've been learning some stuff from you on this podcast. Like I've, you, you talked about your time on at second city and just, uh, going down there and trying to uh to get a taste of the stand-up comedy life yeah yeah no i i i did a little bit of time studying with second city uh studying improv did a was able to get on stage a few times as well too doing improv um never did any stand-up 
well back then i still had at least you know five minutes of good material written i never was actually able to get uh get on stage at any of the um amateur nights just it, it's quite quite competitive and you don't even have an opportunity to sell your material like to pitch yourself really so it, it's tough to get on stage in toronto or at least it was back then well, for, for for people who are aren't in the industry like yourself andrew just to just know that improv and stand-up kind of all are one subject really yeah all comedy so, uh, it's just different yeah. types of stage comedy it, just, exactly you know just with improv it's all stuff that's off the cuff nothing is nothing nothing is planned except for it's often done as a bit of a game that you're doing it as and that that's actually the only thing that's essentially planned but everything that happens after you get on stage it's just whatever the actor throws into it and essentially you know, I just always have to be keeping you need to keep thinking about saying yes you need to move the scene forward so by saying no to a suggestion from a, another actor, it kills the scene. You know, all of a sudden kind of, well, oh, you don't want that. Then if you don't want A, well, how about B? Do you, you want that one? You want C? <laughs> but so that that's the big thing to actually make a great scene is just to be able to say yes and move it along. You don't even have to be funny sometimes. I saw guys that they were in the greatest skits and it was simply because they could move it, move it along. And th those that were around them were amazing. There was this one guy that I can think of in particular. He was just always in these greatest scenes and because he knew how to do it. Sometimes that's all it is. It's all about timing and delivery. Yeah. And just, you know, putting yourself in the moment. And that's what makes too, uh, I think, uh, I know we've already talked. I don't want to talk away too much from uh, the, the subject at hand but that's why comedians are are so talented and especially improv artists like if you ever watched uh whose line is it anyway what a fantastic example of comedy in the moment i love that show that was great so andrew tell me what what's been your biggest moment in your life what do you have a a single moment that you could break down and say is probably the biggest moment and let, let, let's stay let's stir away from uh, you know like getting married or or having having your son well i mean those weren't it anyway <laughs> <laughs> improv <laughs> <laughs> boo boo yeah so yeah so, so tell me your your biggest moment not uh, not like a personal like uh, moment yeah. like that, but something that happened to you you know i actually started thinking not that long ago about you know things that i'm proud of in my life or accomplishments that i've made i started adding adding things up and on paper i'm starting to actually sound pretty good <laughs> <laughs> now if you know me i mean it, it, it's not that great at all in in my 20s and my 30s i was very much into adventure travel whether it was traveling North America, mountain biking, you know, I, I mountain bike all through Ontario and BC and Colorado and did some pretty epic stuff just on, on mountain bike um, as well too. When I was, when I was young, I, I took a, a year away from school and I 
spent it as a snowboard bum for, for a year. That personally was a fantastic time in my life. And it, uh, it's certainly something that I'll never forget. You can actually, if you're watching this video, you can actually see a topple map uh, above my left shoulder. And that is actually from Roslyn, BC, that area. And that's where I spent that time. And so it was, it's still a moment in my life that meant so much to me personally. Gosh, I've had uh, had a canoe trip, which was a complete failure that ended up in a helicopter rescue. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not whoa, sure whoa, that whoa. I should be proud of that, but <laughs> okay. Hold oh, you on haven't there. heard the story yet? We no, I have this one. No, let, okay. Here, uh, another, drop it. Drop big it now. Andrew moment. So it was this. Actually, it was a canoe trip up in Ontario, and this is actually a lesson for any young adventurer that. One, you need to know the waters that you're traveling in and how the, the, the weather can change dramatically from one minute to the next. We were, we were in an international group. We had one dude that flew for Qantas Airlines who was with us. Um, we had another guy who was over from England. No, there was maybe two, two Australian guys, then the English guy, and then a bunch of Canadians. And we were, we were three canoes that, that went out and, and one kayak. And the first day was, was very uneventful. We just had a nice paddle. We had a long drive to get to where we were going. And the next day, though, we thought, well, we'll, we'll make up some time and, and cut across this bay. Well, little did we know that this bay was known for drastic weather changes. And as we're crossing the, the bay, the waves start coming up and the wind starts blowing. And so one of the canoes, the guy and the girl, they were completely inexperienced and they just floated off. <laughs> they just disappeared. And so the kayak guy, he went out after them. He ended up climbing into the canoe with them and tying the kayak onto the back, but still had completely disappeared. They were actually picked up by a four, a four level yacht out in the middle of, of the bay somewhere. We, we couldn't see them pilot from Qantas. And there was another Canadian with him, another Canadian guy. They were both pretty strong physically. And the one was a, a good canoeist as well. They were able to fight through the water and, and make it to shore. And myself and the lady that I was with, we just sat and paddled in one spot for hours. And then eventually a wave came up and just filled the canoe and we went down oh no yeah and so it yeah we were essentially lost like i mean there wasn't any way we'd be able to swim through that chop that uh, that was coming up like it it's coming up over top of a top of a canoe i i'm a strong sw swimmer and probably even more so at that time but uh, i'm not sure how strong my friend was in whether or not we would have made it, I, I don't know. Luckily, the, so the two guys who make it in, the one guy is, is as I say, he's a, a pilot for Qantas. So they call in to the Coast Guard 
and the Coast Guard helicopter, they come flying out. They can't even see us. But right. luckily, the pilot is able to give them aerial directions as to where we were because he's wow. actually looking through uh, binoculars at us out in the water. So they're right. able to actually spot us floating out in this bay, um, just waiting in that body of water is freezing cold. Oh, like I imagine, we yeah. were just clung to each other, trying to uh, maintain body heat. And when we were taken into the, the hospital, the, the, the girl that, uh, that I was with in the canoe, um uh, she they, they were watching her for concerns with hypothermia um luckily sure, there wasn't yeah. any complications and we were we were able to be released from the hospital that that evening the two guys that had made it into the shore they were actually lucky that they became somewhat good friends with the the people at the cottage where they had actually made it into and they invite us all to stay for the nice. next night. Nice. Yeah. And so we, we had actually, so we actually lost one canoe on that trip, which was, which was a shame. And then, uh, then we found out about the, the other guys who just blew off into never, Neverland, <laughs> And they, they actually spent, uh, spent the rest of their trip sipping cocktails uh, they, I mean, honestly, they got the, the, the best part. I just got yeah, a the... helicopter trip out of it. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that sounds pretty awesome, too. Yeah, no, it was a big, burly, northerny man who just stepped onto a pontoon to reach down and pull us all out of the water. <laughs> so, I mean, so I guess there's there's those sort of adventure trips that I'll never forget. I've done a, a lot of mountain mountaineering, mountain hikes that uh, are pretty special to me writing these three children's books for me it uh it, it was a wonderful accomplishment and just having you along for the ride it made it that much more special that's got to be one one of my biggest uh my biggest moments that that i feel that we've accomplished having that uh, I, I, let me interject for a second having that book published and in our hands yeah, it was a pretty exciting moment. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, it probably brought a tear to my eye, but it was a pretty big moment. No, exactly. And well, I mean, if you haven't figured out all of the marketing pushes throughout this, uh, our whole show of <laughs> Tribe 74. So that's Rob's my business. Um, we do photography, digital, uh, you know, digital marketing, digital video, and uh, graphic design as well too and that has been a, a whirlwind of a business and I love every single minute of it every single second minute of it that's awesome uh, that's awesome and then and we get to play and do, do this, this. We, I've, we got, get... I've got this I've got this podcast then I've got my other podcast with my uh, pod, podcasting buddy Lance Dawson um over on backstage lowdown like this is honestly we've been in lockdown for the longest time we're all mostly back out now but the fact that i can tune in with you guys every week and put put these episodes out this is actually some of my is going to be some of my fondest memories and and already is quite honestly i i love doing these because there's so much fun 
Absolutely. Let's not forget too. I mean, we we did the uh, the Oktoberfest shoot with uh, the Road Hammers. Yeah, I mean that was fun. Like I, that I had was so a much wicked fun video with that. that we did for them. Yeah, doing that and, and working and being able to put like you know the Rogers name as well as the radio station on our website as well as you know with what we're gonna do with Wilfred Laurier when yeah. when things settle down with COVID. So much fun stuff. And I mean, you've had lots of opportunities. You met lots of celebrities. Uh, in, in the past and all kinds of stuff so you've had all kinds of experiences that I it mean, does start to add up if you don't think about if you don't think about it like if i probably ran into like an old friend that i hadn't seen in 30 years and he asked me oh you know what what's going on like, oh nothing's new yeah. but then you start to think kind of what are all the things that i've done in the last 30 years it uh it's some great accomplishments. I used to do do a little exercise. I write write it down and I post about it on Facebook. And it, it was it was totally self indulgent. But I would write down all the projects I was doing, and all the people I met or anything like that. And I would just post that on Facebook. And it was yeah, I'm sure it, it was definitely all about the ego. But at the same time, I'm like, going, <laughs> these are these things that I've been able to do and accomplish. Yeah, and yeah, and and I agree. Like you know, being able to share them with with, with how long have we been friends? My God, since. I mean, I I don't know how old you were back. Since we could day. carry a hockey stick, essentially. Yeah, yeah. and and <laughs> your brother could smash your brother or your other brother over the head with a hockey stick. Yeah. For sure. All right. Let, let's let, let's quicken this up a little bit. Bucket list. What is left on your bucket list? Would you say what What are the big items? You don't have to give me a whole rundown, but what are some of the big items left on your bucket list? Mm, a lot of it still has to do with uh, with adventure travel. I want to go back and uh, do some more of the the Colorado 14ers. So that's any any mountain over 14,000 feet. I climbed Quandary Peak there with a buddy, and it uh, it just kind of tickled tickled me just to, just enough that I want to go back and do more and more. You know, I I thought that was going to be a, a simple climb. And for, for a couple of Ontarians who are used to being at zero sea level, going, going up that high was, was an incredible feat for us. Our lungs were about to, to burst out of our chest. You know, get somebody out, out from Colorado. It's not that big of a deal. It's, it's walking up a hill in their backyard. But for somebody from Ontario, that's, the, that's a big deal. So I've, got, I've been looking at... Uh, uh, different climbs that I'd like to go and uh, do back in Colorado. Definitely want to do some more, some more ski trips. Gosh, like my uncle, uh, the man is still an incredible skier and I love to go skiing with him. He pushes me so hard and the man's in his late seventies and I cannot keep up, but uh, you know, I want to go out and do more stuff with, with him as well too. I want to get my son um, into more adventure travel. I want to, you know, take him to, to Thailand to go study Muay Thai. I wanted to take him to China to continue his education in, in Kung Fu as well, too. You know, there, there's still so much left to do in so little time. It really is. It really yeah. is. And I think it was a bit of a reminder this weekend. Yeah, it really was. Anyway, uh, let's go on. A little thing I'd like to add to the end of our shows, maybe stealing a little bit from you and Lance, uh, but I'm going to focus this one on you because it's you know uh, kind of like a, a quick three quick questions. I'm just going to throw them out at you. 
you give me a quick answer you don't need okay. to expand on it or, or anything like that let's just do it Hit maybe me. we can see how it goes all right your tv show watching right now what are you watching right now i am watching parks and rec all right what music has have you been listening to lately or podcast um i have been listening to uh smartless the, the podcast smartless and as well too i've been listening to some old alt rock music and some new alt rock as, as well too very nice all right and finally before we wrap the show up what's the video game on your phone or on your console right now that uh has your attention yeah i'm still playing clash of clans still on the clash of clans eh? yeah i mean i can't it's so easy it's <laughs> easy and, and you don't even, always there. honestly exactly you can turn it on you can cl clear out your your clan and then move on and come back to it another time and, and nothing's changed and it's just a stupid fun game that i love i'm not one for you know spending money on these sorts of games i don't put i've never put a dime into this game but i've been playing for years but uh so i mean there's nothing wrong with that you don't have to you don't have to put money into these games if you don't want to you just have to be willing to to keep pushing on and, and playing and not and not get all up in a funk that oh i need this now because it comes it comes it does. <laughs> and just like that so comes the end of our show yeah andrew great show i had a lot of fun with this show i really love the trivia section uh good times good times. yeah no it was a lot of fun so yeah. for any of the moms and dads that are out there and you're looking for a great book i, I know a great author mm -hmm. heck <laughs> so uh go check out any book from andrew stewart and uh, right. illustrated by rob landrell there you go you can... i guess gosh that's just been another episode of how to survive the modern world or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement. Have a good night, everybody. Cheers. See ya.